Hello, thank you for joining the Pioneer Library System. My name is Miss Roxanne, and today I am joined by Miss Lauren. Woo! On today's episode of Folktales for Friends, we will get to know Miss Lauren from the Blanchard Library, and she'll share a folktale. Folktales celebrate diversity. By experiencing stories from different cultures, you can discover valuable insights about another culture's values, beliefs, history, practices, and customs. But before we get started, let's get to know Lauren with a few questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yay. Yay. If today was your birthday, what present would you want? If today were my birthday, I would like a plane. Ugh. I would like a plane ticket to Italy in a different world where <laughs> everything were were wonderful and sparkly. Mm-hmm. I would love to go to Italy. Where? Maybe um maybe like Naples in the mm. year 1800. If today were my birthday, I would like a time-traveling <laughs> ticket to Italy. <laughs> that sounds great. I've never been to Naples. I've never been south of Rome. I've never been to Italy. So you You're missing Italy. out. That, I that absolutely coffee, am. That coffee. Oh. I'm half Italian, and I know nothing about it, so I am going to spend the rest of my life mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's pretty amazing. I recommend Florence. Ooh. I'll take pretty nice. Okay. Let's see. What library event have you helped create that you have really enjoyed? Oh, I'm going to think backwards and forwards. Mm -hmm. It's been such an exciting year working virtually. Yeah. Um, I've been able to... um, I've been able to experiment with some book clubs on Flipgrid and I've been able to build um, a virtual library space that is digital. Um, I don't think that anybody has really used it yet, but Mm -hmm. it's a thing that I'm excited about to go into the future with. In the past, um, I led a Zumba class and was part of like a healthy living initiative with Blanchard and um, we all kind of got into gardening and exercise at the same time. And, um, I led a Zumba class with, uh, people who were like teenagers and like 75 in the same room. And we all did the YMCA and it was amazing. What? Um, so how'd you learn? How'd you learn all those steps? Um, I had been doing Zumba for a little bit and then I went and did a training to get certified mm-hmm. and largely I had the most patient group of people, um, who, laughed with me when I messed up and um uh I just kind of learned as I went and just kind of made it up um towards the middle of the class we would I would like project um Zumba videos on the wall and we would Mm -hmm. all follow along together so that I was able to like walk around and help people more Mm -hmm. um and they it was way it was a little bit more organized doing it that way um I love Zumba but I'm not necessarily like that kind of a leader I kind of Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love Zumba. They used to have it at the Moore Library and I would go, but I felt a little inadequate because people showed up with like beads around their waist and stuff like they were legit. Yeah. I'm not legit. No, I mean, I'm really glad that I was doing this in in such a compassionate group of people <laughs> i think if super zumba people had shown up they, yeah yeah they would have been like um step aside little missy it was you a little move. intimidating for sure absolutely but really fun still <laughs> okay if you were a book what would your title be um 
<laughs> the lovely life of Miss Lauren. There, that's it. <laughs> that's great. Mine would be something like the mysterious goddess. The mysterious <laughs> goddess. Yes. Something along those lines. Something <laughs> modest and fitting. Absolutely. Yes. No. Okay. Well, um, please let us live in the same library together and never forget forget about your little sister, the lovely <laughs> life of Miss Lauren. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Do you remember what your favorite movie was when you were eight years old? Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Really? Mm -hmm, Because it's still the same. (laughs) (laughs) Easy then. So have you read a lot of Roald Dahl books? I have read, um, I've read a few, but the only ones that I remember are Willy Wonka, or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Matilda, I believe. But I have the BFG in the back of my car. Mm -hmm. Um, One of our favorite library ladies told us that like, read the BFG at every big moment in your life and it transforms along with you. And I've never read it, so I'm ready for a big transformation. Um, She recommends reading it out loud, and she reads like mm, four to 12 books a day, so I trust her. Oh, wow, wow. (laughs) She's wild. I Um, love the VFG. What do you love about it? Um, I love the storytelling. I love everything about Roald Dahl books, really. Matilda is my favorite, and I like how um, she was just kind of overseen by her parents. Like, they didn't care. I mean, she was just a, a thing, a rock, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, But but she found Miss Jenny, who believed in her and who saw greatness in her. And and then in the end, she gets to stay with Miss Jenny. And so she has that happy ending. And I just love that. I love that somebody had that powerful of, you know, an influence on a, on a child's life that made it so much better. Have so. you read A Bad Case of Stripes yet? I have not yet. You have to. I will. Now it's your homework. I, I will. Um, if you love that theme. Um, yeah, Roald Dahl has a super magical way of talking to children. Like, yes. he's so specific and so funny. And I know, he's hilarious. He's, yeah, and just, like, so, like, brief in the yeah. way that he can do that. Like, he's magical. You should go back and read the just the first page of Matilda. It's so funny. Okay, I it's will. It's hilarious. Okay. okay. I'll do that. You read back Kiss of Stripes. Okay. We got this. All right. Yes. <laughs> okay. If you could give advice to yourself as a child, what would it be? You got this, girl. <laughs> you go girl <laughs> what's your favorite birthday treat <laughs> oh like um cakes that are like too tall like ridiculous birthday cakes what um i don't know that i've had a super ridiculous birthday cake in a long time but they just they make me so happy like frosting and that's out of control mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. my favorite thing like sprinkles galore amazing it's yeah i worked in a gigantic um cookie factory for a long time and Mm -hmm. we made like big funfetti birthday cakes and that's probably where it started wow i think yeah so someday mm, that sounds great actually yes i'm trying to think have you ever had a chambord cake what's that it's a chocolate raspberry delight Ooh, is it checkerboard no okay it's just chocolate and then it has like uh in the middle it has like a raspberry jam and it is decadent and it is delicious and they have it at la baguette i had it at my wedding oh that sounds lovely i had a whole cake buffet because i get a little carried away sometimes go for it if you're getting carried away with cake that is not a problem yeah i had it all you go girl oh my gosh i'm proud of you thanks 
Would you rather be a famous writer or a famous performer? Mm. Writer. Performing is exhausting. I definitely a writer. I think writers, um, they get more... Their solitary time is respected yeah. a little bit more than performers. Um, performers have to... They're just on all the time. And it is exhausting. And... Um, as a performer, mm -hmm. I would love the opportunity to like um, to hide away and really have that like reflective time and yeah. not have the expectation to just be propelling all the time. Um, Octavia Butler said this wonderful thing where she had like writer's block and mm -hmm. she was like, sometimes you just have to like give into writer's block. And I think like Amy Goodman was interviewing her and she was like, well, how long was your writer's block? And Octavia was like seven years. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, like to be doing that and to have to accept that seven years is part of a hiatus is like part of your craft is like so patient and like encouraging. Yeah. Well, now one more question. Are you ready? Yes. What has made you smile the most this year? Or who? Oh, um, my library coworkers have made me smile so much. They make me smile every day. Um, my dog playing soccer has made me smile. Um, coming into spring has made me smile. Um, yeah, those are some big ones. Yeah. Learning that I have a soccer dog has been pretty cool. She's uh, very amazing. determined. Yeah. My dog, I have a dog that is excellent at fetch, but if you try to throw any ball at him other than a tennis ball, he's like, no. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> so, only tennis balls. Only tennis. Well, it's good. He should he should know what he likes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you, Miss Lauren, of for course. those illuminating answers to my entertaining questions. Absolutely. Well, yeah. <laughs> now take a short break before coming back to hear your folktale. Like this podcast? You can make your own. This show is recorded in the Maker Lab at our Norman Central Library at 103 West Acres here in Norman, Oklahoma, where we have 3D printers, laser cutting and engraving, audio and video labs, and so much more. Come today and try out our tech or feel free to contact us at 405-701-2614 for more information. Welcome back to Folk Tales for Friends. I am here with my guest, Miss Lauren, who will now share her folk tale with us. Miss Lauren, where is this story from? This story is a retelling of Rapunzel. Um, so Rapunzel is, um, it was originally a Grimm's tale. So the version that we know is best known by, known by them. Um, but it was before that an Italian tale. Um, and it started, there were two different ones. There was a I'm not going to try and say their names, but it was one was Italian for parsley and another one um, was a similar name. But mm -hmm. in the Grimm's tale, mm -hmm. um, there is a one of the main characters is is it ramps rampant ramps? It's a green that the mother craves. And in the Italian tale, it's parsley that the mom craves. Yeah, that's never happened to me. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say there's. Not yet. <laughs> yes. We never know. This is true. 
Okay. All right. Well, I am ready. All right. So this one is I've retailed Minerali. The bejeweled light painter lives at the top of the canyon. She has become so famous through her light art that she is world-renowned and is rich. She is also very greedy and cold. One day, a woman and her archaeologist husband, living at the bottom of the canyon, walk out their back door and see a smattering of glitter in the dust. Excited, the pregnant wife begins to collect the glitter and create small paintings out of it. She becomes a light artist renowned at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Not to be outdone by her local competition, the old woman travels down to the bottom and demands payment for her materials. Unable to pay, the old woman takes the young child as her apprentice instead. Living at the top of the canyon is boring. Minerali never leaves her house and is forced to create light work for the evil witch all day. Nobody visits her and she yearns for her family at the bottom. The old woman, who is most certainly now a witch, feeds her greens and minerals so that her hair grows long and sturdy. The old woman uses her iridescent braid as the ladder to climb down the rock face. This has opened a new line of industry for the old woman, which she is very excited about. As time passes, she starts creating tiny works of her own that reflect only the moonlight. One night, a sailor in the Colorado River sees her dancing light and travels up the canyon wall to investigate. When he gets to the top, he grabs hold of Minerali's braid and climbs to the top. After visiting a few times, they fall in love. The sailor begins bringing Minerali's moon work out into the canyon with him. Smelling competition, the old woman does her homework and discovers the source of her new nemesis. One night, while she is sleeping, the witch melts all of Minerali's moon pieces and throws the liquid into the sky. From the bottom of the canyon, the sailor saw a smattering of iridescent stars and watched as they wafted into the darkness. Without the light from her work, the sailor could no longer locate the house from the bottom of the canyon. Minerali wept and wept. The old woman yelled at her and told her not to be childish, but she couldn't stop. She wept day and night until the minerals from her hair started to run into her tears. As they blended and ran down the canyon wall, the sailor noticed the pearlescent tears had returned in the moonlight and ascended the canyon wall to investigate. Hanging her hair over the hook one last time, Minerali descends her own braid and runs down the canyon wall with the sailor. They, they make it back to the bottom of the canyon where Minerali is reunited with her parents and is married to the sailor. Now, the two of them enjoy the rest of their days on the Colorado River, where they float up and down giving guided nature tours to children. As for the old woman, she is still a renowned light artist at the top of the Grand Canyon. For now. Okay. All right. So, thank you for joining us today. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share our podcast. And follow Pioneer Library System on social media. If you want to reach out to us and share your thoughts on this folktale, or share a different folktale, you can reach us at podcast at pioneerlibrarysystem.org. Goodbye. Goodbye.